Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined by my co-host Lewis Glover. How are you, mate? James, I'm doing well. As usual, as always, it's a pleasure to speak to you on this, this lovely Thursday evening. Awesome. Very excited for the uh, the final round of preseason football because then we know it's uh, time for the, the, the main event, the uh, the kickoff of the, the NFL regular season, which I know we're both really looking forward to. Absolutely. The twos and threes playing this week is going to be a great uh, viewing. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> I won't be watching it. I've got my brother's wedding. So unfortunately for me, I'm going to miss out on some great preseason football. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, compelling viewing, but for... Some of the dynasty degenerates out there, it might be a good opportunity to see some of the uh, the deeper roster dive. So, I'll be uh, I'll be watching with keen interest at some of those guys on the on the roster bubble and some of those uh, rookies and and you know second third year players who are looking to move their way up the death chart. Absolutely, but uh, before we start, as usual, uh, we can go to thevaultstudio.com.au, a great website. It's got great content on there. You can see all Lewis's articles on various teams such as Cleveland, New England, and other great teams. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Vault Studio. Um, you can follow Lewis's page, FF Down Under, on Facebook and Twitter. And tomorrow, I believe, the new uh, Fantasy Football Podcast uh, will have its own feed. So be sure to check that out. We will be on this podcast feed for the next coming weeks, but... I think starting in about week six of the NFL season, we will be moving. So be sure to check that out and subscribe and give us a five-star rating too. That would be really nice. Absolutely. Um, speaking of five-star ratings, my draft last week in the uh, Listener League went very well. Did it though? I think it did. <laughs> Look, I, my first week was what I drafted because um, I was driving home from the podcast last week, but I got Saquon Barkley, so I'm happy with that number. Four. Yeah, hardly the worst auto pick in the world. Yeah, but I'm really happy with my team. Um, I kind of forgot about halfway through that it was a two, no, sort of a super flex league and forgot to pick up a second quarterback, but that's all right. I've got one of the quarterbacks we're talking about tonight, Marcus Mariota um, and Philip Rivers, which is uh, very nice. How'd you go? That's a, that's a fine combination. Yeah, I was I was really pleased with my team. I think I've got some, some really good values there. I was a little bit panicked when Tyrod Taylor went down in the last last game for the Browns and looked like his uh, wrist wrist had been snapped in half. But all all is well in Cleveland, uh, unless your name's Michael Kendricks. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out so so well for him. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a Super Bowl <laughs> championship. He can sell his ring off. That will make him some money. <laughs> I hope they make a film out of it because this could be a really, really compelling story. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was happy overall with the way my uh, draft went. But of course, you uh, you don't win championships in the draft. It's about hard work through the season, working the waiver wire, getting your trades. So we'll see how it all unfolds. Absolutely. Um, so for this week's show, we'll be going through our top three preseason moments of week three. Then we'll be previewing the AFC South. And then finally, actually not finally, we'll be doing our, a new segment, just 10... Uh, 10 draft commandments that uh, me and Lewis follow by. We've sort of combined a list of 10 commandments just like Moses did. And uh, we'll be giving those out tonight. And also finally finishing with the mailbag. Uh, but yeah, first off, let's go over the preseason moments. Uh, Lewis, you'd like to go over number one? Yeah, for sure. Uh, mine, and I was very pleased with this considering I did draft him in the Listener League, but it was seeing the, the usage of Emmanuel Sanders, the Denver Broncos wide receiver. He got a lot of run, uh, or a lot of action rather, with... With the first team there, he played out of the slot a lot, uh, and and he also got a, a nice 
rushing touchdown as well. A really nice sweet play. In all fairness, he probably should have been tackled on it. But just uh, so far this preseason, Sanders has run 53% of his uh, routes from the slot. And last season for the Vikings, where, where Case Keenan was the quarterback, Adam Thielen ran half his routes from the slot. And Thielen, uh, sorry, Case Keenum targeted him at 25% rate on those snaps, which is the highest in the NFL. So Keenum really likes the slot. Sanders is going to be running out of there. And I think he could be the best value uh, wide receiver for the Broncos. And he should lead them in scoring. Yes, my number one. I know you've got him too, but uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, it seems like he's going to have a huge role in uh, Carolina this year. Um, as I think North Turner, uh, Turner said, he's going to get 25 to 30 touches a game, which really looks like he is under North Tur- uh, Turner's system. He had 12 rushes for 48 yards and a couple of catches too. It really seems like he's going to uh, hold up to his RP1 value. Yeah, that was my number two moment. So we'll just continue talking about CMC for a moment. Like you, you said, he had that that great workload. The interesting thing to me, though, is that CJ Anderson only had two carries. People were worried that he was going to come in and take the workload. But in week three of the preseason, it's that quote-unquote dress rehearsal for the regular season. And we put a lot of stock in what happens there. So it was really good to see that C, uh, CMC got his, his carries. He's running between the tackles. Uh, he could be a league winner this year. Uh, my number two is Chris Carson. Um, it really looks like he's uh, taking over uh, Rashad Penny's role in Seattle's offense. Uh, I think he's been the number one running back there, even with uh, Penny coming back for week one. Had 26 yards on the ground and a touchdown while adding 20 in the air um, against one of the best defenses in the league with Minnesota. Uh, even though the offensive line is in tatters, I think Carson is a guy that you don't want to miss out on. Yeah, I'm torn torn on this one. Rashad Penny's my guy. He's my my number two ranked running back, uh, rookie running back this year for Dynasty. That hasn't hasn't changed. I know he has had the broken finger, and they've you know Carson's been getting the usage, and they've talked him up. But it's just, I mean, the Seahawks historically have been a well-run organization. They they do good things, and to draft a running back with with their first round pick when they had so many other needs, it just blows my mind to imagine that you know through the season Penny's not going to get run and the opportunity to take the job. But like you said, as things stand, the job is Carson's, and if he performs, he'll keep it. Uh, your number three there, Lewis. My number three is the Bills O-line is absolute garbage. It is horrific. Poor Josh Allen. He's got enough problems, you know, mainly not being able to throw an accurate ball, but he was absolutely murdered by the Bengals' pass rush. He was sacked five times, and if that happens to, to throughout the season, he's not making out alive. He's going to get a separated shoulder or some other injury that he the it just makes me even lower, if possible, on on the Bills' offense as a whole, and and really uh, makes me concerned for for LaShawn McCoy as well if he does indeed play. Yeah, I was going to mention LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, their uh, offensive line issues are going to be horrible, and I do see him being one of the worst teams in the league this year just because of that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, my number three is Adrian Peterson. Showing like he's <laughs> yeah. He had a good showing in their third preseason game. Um, take what you want about it, but if he's going undrafted or he's on your waiver wire, he's worth the pickup. If you, you're not happy with someone on your team, um, they play Arizona week one too, so big revenge game as well. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he did look good. There was a particular one he went for a, a fourth down conversion, and you know everyone thought he was just gonna pound it between the tackles and he and he cut it outside and and turned it into about a 15 yard play it was really nice and he looked like he had some uh some tread on the tires but we'll see i've, I've seen him being drafted way too highly his adp skyrocketing because it's adrian peterson it's the name people just sort of can't can't let go of that so i don't think i'll be having any any peterson on my teams but we'll uh we'll see 
Exactly. Uh, now, moving on to the AFC South, um, we'll start off with the Houston Texans, who have quite an interesting team now with Deshaun Watson coming back after his impressive rookie showing. Who do you want to start with first? Oh, we may as well start with, with Deshaun Watson. Some people go. think he might be an outside favourite for, for MVP this season. I mean, last, and you know, when you watch his play that he, 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 he produced last season between weeks two and eight, he was absolutely phenomenal. And if he continued that and didn't tear his ACL, he all... I almost certainly would have gone on to be the the uh, MVP. He was just phenomenal. Over that period, he averaged 26.5 points per game and scored the most fantasy points over that span. And that was despite the Texans having a, a bye week in week seven. So he played less games than a lot of players and still scored the most points. He, uh, Yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, he's going to be a great uh, QB. I don't see why everyone's taking him so high for. I don't see that production happening again. He's not going to produce that. He's getting taken behind. I see some drafts. It's, uh, second QB taken. Um, yeah, as high as even before guys like Tom Brady, Ben Roethlis. No, it's not Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I saw one guy last week in my uh, live draft could take him before Aaron Rodgers, which was interesting. Yeah, the hype the hype on him has just got out of control. And, and you know, people remember just the, the madness that he was, he was producing. It was phenomenal. Just to put it sort of into context of how unsustainable what he was doing was that he had a touchdown rate of 9.3%. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 6.4% on his career. And uh, in NFL history, in football history, uh, there's only ever been 9% touchdown rate with a minimum of 200 passes 16 times, only twice since the year 2000. It's just not a realistic proposition to imagine that he's going to be doing it again. And he's coming off a torn ACL. He's now torn both of them. He's a mobile quarterback. This is what he depends on. So it's just way too rich for me. I'm I'm out on Watson at his ADP. Yeah, plus a, as we said with the Bills, a horrible offensive line. It's not going to bode well for him running for his life. Yeah, he's that's uh, that's not going to bode well. But he will produce a lot of points. I, I I really do think he will, and that's down in part to the fact that he has uh, DeAndre Hopkins catching the ball. Yes. Well, arguably, you know, top three wide receiver in the NFL. He's uh, a sensational talent, phenomenal contested catches. His sideline catches and toe-tapping is second probably only to Antonio Brown in the league. Oh, He's just unbelievable. And he actually plays better or has produced more when he's had Will Fuller on the field because Will Fuller, you know, he, he stretches it open and... It gives it gives Hopkins the the ability to to come inside and work inside in between the numbers, as well as uh, you know making those spectacular sideline grabs. Yeah, and yeah, John Trey Hopkins, even without Watson last year, was number one wide right receiver. Um, according to com, which I mainly use, uh, he's just an elite wide receiver. He should be going high in the drafts, top uh, low end round one. I just don't I just don't see him having a bad year. If, yeah, even with Wolf Fuller back, um, that's going to do wonders for him. The defenses are going to have to obviously put people over there too instead of double-teaming Hopkins. I just see great things for him coming. Yeah, phenomenal wide receiver. Uh, the only quarterback who's ever broken him was Brock Osweiler. He averages 12.5 points per game with Brock versus his career of 16 points per game um, for every other quarterback. And incredibly with Deshaun Watson, that bumped up to 21 points per game. So we expect really big things from Hopkins this season. And I hope that both of them play 16 games together. Yeah, that's the thing with Fuller, though. He won't play a full season. He's sort of injury-prone, which isn't uh, the best, which I don't really like in uh, wide receivers going that sort of high. Uh, at the moment, uh, he's going wide receiver 31. Um, are you willing to take the risk on him there? Look, 
It depends how the. It really depends how the rest of my roster construction is going. If I've got a, a pretty solid, solid floor with with my guys, some some high volume uh, PPR wide receivers, I would take a shot at Fuller there because he does have that that week winning upside. You know, he has the potential to break off a 70, 70 yard touchdown, sixty yard touchdown. So in those circumstances, yes, I'm absolutely not comfortable rolling him out on a weekly basis. For example, as my wide receiver too, he's more of a flex play player for me. And what he did last season was just absolutely. We thought Deshaun Watson was crazy and unsustainable. Will Fuller had seven touchdowns in thirteen catches. Like <laughs> it was, um, it was the highest rate ever. So, yeah, he he has that nice that field stretching upside. But yeah, as I said, depends on my. Uh, my roster construction for him. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the running backs. I've only got really one, and it's Lamar Miller. Um, a lot of hype of him when he first signed with the Texans and sort of floundered in their offense. How do you see him projecting this year? I'm quite high on Lamar Miller. I- I'm really comfortable having him as my my running back too. In the NFL, there's only four running backs who've had over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage every season for the last four years. Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Miller. And really only two names on that list have a solid chance at making it five in a row. That's Lamar Miller and LaShawn McCoy if he plays. He's the only viable running back on their roster. Deontay Foreman is coming back from an Achilles injury. He's going to start this season on PUP. And it's empirically proven that running back performance degrades after an Achilles injury. They lose some of the explosion and the pop that they have. It's a devastating industry. Injury, rather. So it's a shame that it's happened to him so early on in his, his career. Uh yeah, uh, Miller going as the, the RB20. I, I made a bet with someone uh, a few days ago that I, I think he outperforms his ADP. And I, yeah, I really like him as a, a running back, any running back 20. And yeah, yeah, for the fourth yeah, four round valley there, um, he's perfect. He's going to be a starting running back. He's going to have most of the targets, uh, targets and touches going towards him. Uh, and there's no one that's going to, yeah, sort of take away uh, possessions. I just see him he's, uh, playing his ADP as well. But the guys going around him, I'll probably take him over Kendrick, uh, Kenyon Drake and Alex Collins. The Sean McCoy, uh, probably still take over him. Ajay, old Henry, yeah. I'll probably have Lamar Miller out of those. Yeah, there's some, some tough calls there, but you know, he is he is going to dominate that backfield. And with, for example, like Kenyon Drake, there is the possibility that Gore and, and Ballard are going to steal some touches, even though Gase just came out and said he's a 15-20 touch guy. And with Alex Collins, I'm high on him. We talked about him in the AFC North preview. But at the same time, there is the possibility that, that Kenneth Dixon starts to take some touches. Lamar Miller is the guy there right now. There was this off-season narrative that the Texans don't like him. They want to move on from him. I don't know where that came from, but they certainly didn't, didn't show that. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't bring anyone in free agency. Lamar Miller's their guy, and he was—he performed at five points per game better when he played with Deshaun Watson. Having the mobile quarterback there, having a, a just a a, um, a high octane offense helps the running back. So big things for Lamar Miller. And quickly to to sort of wrap up the Texans is you know they they drafted slot receiver Kiki Kuti. He's he seems to be having some some camp buzz, but he's not even uh, on the de- ahead of Braxton Miller on the depth chart yet. Uh, Deontay Foreman, like I said, you're not drafting him unless you're picking with your last pick and putting him straight in your IR slot. And t- tight end is a little bit of a mess for them. CJ Fedoritz retired. They have Ryan Griffin listed as the one. Uh, they drafted a tight end of UCF. Uh, I think his name was Akins, Jordan Akins. And they do have actually a, a really good tight end strength of schedule and number one overall. So the Titans might have some streaming appeal, but not drafting any of their tight ends. Texans, you mean? 
Um, Sorry, the Texans, uh, yes. Uh, we'll move on to the division champs, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, their sophomore running back, Leonard uh, Fournette, uh, had a huge rookie season, 1,300 yards in 13 games. How do you project him this year? I'm so confused and torn by Leonard Fournette, to be honest, because he he produced. He he looked tremendous. He was the running back nine overall, despite only playing 13 games. He's going to get a ton of volume. Last season, the Jags ran the ball 49% of plays, which is first in the league. League average is 42%. They're very clear. They want to play strong defense, run the football, control the clock. And he was ninth overall in successful play percentage. Uh, Todd Gurley was number one, which is no surprise. Um, but how do I... I just worry about his his ankles. He's had these ankle injuries through college. He missed time last year. They're talking about giving him all this volume. I'm just not sure whether he's going to be able to withstand it. And it is the price you have to pay to get him going at sort of 108, the sort of seventh, eighth running back off the board. I just, I'd rather Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, maybe even Christian McCaffrey, who we talked about in the open. I, I'd prefer to have, particularly in PPR over, over Leonard Fournette. What about you? Yeah, the injury does scare me. You don't really want to draft an injured player that high because it's, it's going to ruin your fantasy season if they uh, get out injured. Um, that's the same reason why I don't really like drafting Gronk because his injuries. Um, you've seen with Steph Curry, though, that he had really bad ankles when he got drafted. And then and now in his eighth year in the league, he's got the best ankles ever because he just changed the way he ran, changed the way he stepped. And I think... If Fournette can do that, I don't know if he has. Um, he's lost weight. He has been. He's lost weight this offseason. He's trimmed down to try and take some of the load off. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. If he takes those those steps, that you know, maybe he can uh, correct the issue. Yeah, if he changes his running patterns and all that sort of stuff, maybe his ankles will be fine. But yeah, going into a season where now Marquise Lee's out, um, they're going to rely on Fournette a lot more and their running game. I bit iffy, but. If he's there, say, I wouldn't draft him at 108. If he's sort of there later, sort of second round, mid-second round, I'm happy to take him there. But the There's value's... no way. He's, he's just not going to fall that late. Yeah, that's the thing, though. He's I, not... I, I haven't seen it. For If he falls to the, you know, in a 12-team league and he falls to the 112, and I can immediately pair him with another either wide receiver one or another running back there, then that that's sort of... I'm, I'm willing to to do that. I have, have comfort. But any early, earlier than that, I'm just really not... Not keen on using my first round pick on someone who could, who could miss quite quite a lot of time. Um, speaking of uh, Marquise Lee, Blake Bortles, one of the best fantasy quarterbacks. Unreal. Uh, under, a, sorry, underrated fantasy variance between the real world of football and, and fantasy. I know he was thirteenth uh, last year. Thirteenth. How does that happen? Well. He's, he has some rushing upside, and you no, know, I know they like to run a lot, but they they you still threw a, a few touchdowns, especially when they got into the uh, into the red zone. And QB thirteen's been his worst finish for a while. In two thousand sixteen, he was ninth, and in two thousand fifteen, he was QB five. So he he does produce fantasy points. Now, to be fair, in two thousand fifteen, the defense wasn't anything what it was. So he was just playing garbage time and, and chucking it all the time. So now they have this elite best defensive unit arguably in the in the NFL. But I, I love him as my second quarterback in the Superflex League, or if I, I really want to punt the QB position, take him as my he's a free quarterback. You can get him with your last pick and load up in everywhere else and, and roll out Blake Bortles and it won't be awful. Does the injury scare you of their number one receiver they're going at or doesn't, no, not, doesn't matter? No, not not at all. They've got they've got a lot 
of of mouths to feed there we'll we'll move on to them in in a second but it doesn't particularly scare me uh that that marquis lee just went out as bordles is gonna have to throw sometimes but it's yeah I'm, i'm i'm really comfortable with the the wide receivers they have there yeah i don't know dd westbrook or keenan cole there um keenan cole going very late now he's going 122 i assume he's going to skyrocket now that lee's out uh do you expect what do you expect from him this year uh, when I was researching for this today, I <laughs> I really had to dig into to Keelan Cole a little bit more. I just wasn't wasn't really too sure of him. I'm I'm excited about Keelan Cole, and he could be a talk about being a league winner because right now he's going wide receiver 51. Like you said, that's going to go up high, but I still can't see it going you know above wide receiver 40 in the next week. Go and get Keelan Cole because I'll tell you what, this kid. In college, he had a, a dominator rating of 67, 60.7%, which is, you know, the percentage of, of yards and touchdowns he had of the entire offense. Just imagine that this one player was responsible for 60% of their entire offensive output. And now Lee's gone for the year. Cole is the, the wide receiver one there in Jacksonville. He's listed as a depth shot. So week seven last season, he had 700 yards. Sorry, from week seven, he had 700 yards on 36 catches and three touchdowns at nearly 20 yards perception and finishes the wide receiver 21. I think he can put that pace up. If not better, he's going to have more volume. Uh, I think he can I think he can comfortably finish inside the top 24 as a wide receiver. I think he can too. He's probably now, yeah, he's going to be wide receiver one, or Westbrook is two. Um, they're really going very late now. Uh, the only other players that you see, wide receiver ones that go in that late, it's like the Dallas Cowboys, and they're just horrible. These players are actually good. They're going to be a steal at where they are. Just take them now. Um, if you have to reach it for them, reach. Uh, I think they're great value. Yeah. I mean, now uh, that Marquise Lee is out for the season, he had 96 targets last season. They're up for grabs. They're going to get funneled predominantly to Keelan, Keelan Cole, I think. He, uh, he And he looked really good last season. Yeah, draft Cole, you won't you won't regret it. Um, the last player I really want to talk about for for Jacksonville is is Austin Teferi and Jenkins. I don't. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I think he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky, uh, okay tight end this season. He's still only 25 years old, going into his fourth season in the in the league, and he's had his you know he's had his off the field concerns. He's but he's sober now. He's in the best shape of his career. He's trimmed down, and I think because of the the lack of volume he's going to get for him to be fantasy relevant, he really is going to be touchdown dependent. But I think he can be that touchdown threat in the red zone that the, the Jaguars need because, uh, you know, last season, uh, Blake Bortles targeted Mercedes Lewis more than any other player in the red zone. There was, he threw 36 targets and Lewis got 11. And ASJ is a far better tight end than, than Mercedes Lewis. He's six, six foot six. He's four inches taller than any other pass catcher on the depth chart. He's just going to present a really good uh, physical presence in, in in the end zone for balls to target. So I think he can have that touchdown upside. Uh, probably a nice streaming option because he's going undrafted uh, and he has a really great strength of schedule as well, tight end three, uh, or the third best strength of schedule for, for tight end. So I like ASJ this season. I don't. I just saw him play in New York for a long time. Um, he just hasn't produced at all. His best season was what, probably even last year and he had, what, 357 yards and three touchdowns. That's pretty much pathetic. Yeah, this is the Jets. Come on, man. <laughs> Mate, Josh McCown is he's a good sign. Yeah. Josh McCown. Yeah. Get around. It him. was it was it was pretty bad last season in uh in New York on the offensive side of the ball. Well, they had Robbie Anderson, they started Jermaine to Case. show some temper. They had Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Kate go curse. 
Yeah, it's still, uh, still. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think ASJ will su- surprise some folks this season. I really do. All right, we'll move on to the Colts and their big one, Andrew Luck, coming back from a torn labrum. Um, I expect big things from Luck. Uh, now that we've seen him in the preseason, uh, it seems like he's 100% or close to it. Uh, you see with Frank Reich, their new he- head coach, what he did with Carson Wentz. I could see the same things. Have um, Luck and Wentz are sort of similar players, running quarterbacks. Not really running quarterbacks, but they can run their quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, Luck look, look is... Uh, is- very good at getting out of the pocket and, and, and scrambling for, for first downs. He he just did it in the last preseason game, picked up a first down, and then they went on for a, a touchdown drive. He can, he can definitely move. Um, you saw he has a lot of interceptions, but you saw with their system, um, it foc- uh, basically was luck throwing up into tight gaps or throwing up to de- uh, to one-on-ones contested grabs and sort of the defense coming away with them. I don't see that in uh, sorry Indianapolis. You saw Philadelphia. They don't really... Um, Turn over the ball as much. I think Frank Reich's going to bring that over. Uh, Luck was going very, very, very low because um, no one knew about his uh, his, how he's going to come back from surgery. And you've seen the preseason so far that he's just going to be the old Andrew Luck. And I expect him in a lot of drafts that he's skyrocketing now and he's going to be in QB4, QB5 range. What do you expect from Luck? I... I'm with you. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. I, I agree with your assessment that he, he looks back. He's the old Andrew look. Still looks like he's missing a bit of zip on the arm, and we haven't really seen him open it up deep to, to T.Y. Hilton yet, but T.Y. has not played a, a ton of snaps either. I'm not too concerned about that. I just think that they're not overextending and, and pushing it, but they're putting him out there. He's taking hits. He's getting back up. It's It looks all dandy for, for Andrew Luck. And yeah, in, in all the seasons he's played 15 or more games, he's finished as quarterback four, quarterback two, quarterback six, quarterback eight. He's he's fantasy money. He's easily going to finish inside the top 10. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a top sort of five, six quarterback this season again. So if he's going around nine, 10, uh, I'm, I'm happy to take him as my, my QB there if you wait long enough. Absolutely. Um, their running back situation isn't as clear though. Marlon Mack was the sort of sleeper that everyone was having before the preseason, but he's had the shoulder surgery and now he's got the hamstring injury, which has really hampered him. And now they've got sort of four other running backs uh, in the, sorry, in their room. They've got Christine Michael, they've got Jordan Wilkins, they've got Naheem Himes, they've got Robin Turbin, who's coming back from a PED suspension. Uh, at the moment, it seems like Christine Michael is the starter, but again, Frank Reich, in, last year in Philadelphia, they used a lot of three and four running back uh, systems. They got uh, Jai, Blunt, Clement, and Sproles, uh, and Smallwoods too when Sproles went out. As you saw Philadelphia, there was not sort of one clear running back. You don't want to draft high for them, um, especially now that we don't know who's going to start and who's going to be the third down back with Hines having those fumbles issues and can't pass protect. Uh, Wilkins looks like a good sort of uh, good rookie running back. I could see him playing in front of Himes and him and Michael, uh, Christine Michael are the ones to target here. Yeah, I mean, Christian Michael has been been all over the league. He was at the Colts last year. He did some time in Seattle. He's been with Green Bay. He's probably been on another team I'm forgetting about as well. And he was a bit of a, he's a, he's nearly 28 years old now, but he's, he's a, uh, been a, a bit of a, a darling of the the dynasty fantasy football community for a while because of his crazy athletic profile. He has a 99th percentile spark score, just unbelievable burst, agility, bench press, but a- almost like a Kalen Bellage, who's a better athlete than he is, in fact, a, a running back. Will this be the 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 t- you know the his time to shine? He gets 
get some uh, some starting reps with a with a very good quarterback and we assume to be a, a solid offense. We'll wait and see. I think Wilkins is the the shrewder pick there, but they're both going really late. You could even grab both of them for for really pe- pennies on the on the dollar. So it's a uh, it's definitely a. Uh, an, in, an interesting situation there, but I don't want any part of Marlon Mack. I don't want any part of uh, of uh, Naheem Hines, and I certainly don't want any Robert Turbin. Yeah, it's at the moment, we've got Marlon Mack at 95, running back 41, and then you've got Jordan Wilkins in front of that, 51, 138. And then down the line, you got Hines and Michael Hinton going undrafted. Um, Mack does have some great speed, but you saw last year he got buried behind the offensive line a lot just because it was terrible. They have improved it a lot. They drafted uh, Quinton Nelson in the first round, and I can't remember the second round guard they drafted too. They got Matt Slauson. They signed from free agency. Uh, it's going to be improved offensive line, which should help. It should help Luck yeah, as Nelson's well. Yeah, a beast. He looks like it too. Absolute mammoth. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't be taking any sort of running backs apart from Michael and Wilkins here. Yeah. Uh, moving on to T.Y. Hilton though. You've mentioned him before. Sort of plays with the production of the quarterback. He was very good when in 2016 with Luck there. In 2017, he dropped off a lot with uh, Brissett there. Um, he was QB, sorry, wide receiver 25 in PPR last year. Um, led the NFL in receiving 2016 with 1,448 yards. Um, he only couldn't even get past 1,000 last year with Brissett. If Luck's back, which it seems like he will be, he should be. Um, he should be elite right receiver. Um, he averages 15-one-point PPR points when Luck plays versus 11.3 when he doesn't. Uh, that's a big difference. Four points, yeah. Over a season, that's almost... Do my math here? That's something. Uh, that's a big number. Four points. No, that's a big number. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's being drafted like Luck will be healthy. He's going wide receiver 12-28 at the moment. Um, I'm not a big fan of T.Y. Hillen. Don't know why. Just a night... Nice sort of thing. Just not a big fan of him. What do you think? No, I'm the opposite. I, I like T.Y. Hilton. Actually, he's sort of disrespected. And maybe maybe a, a lot of people are sort of like like you. They just, you know, they just think he is really just a, a, a deep threat and doesn't do much else. But he, he is a he is a good route runner and he, he gets touchdowns as well. I, I, I like him. Wide receiver 12 is probably the, the highest I'm sort of willing to pay on him right now but having you know there's going to be a ton of volume coming his way because really we'll we'll, we'll touch on some other pass catches but there aren't many other people for for andrew luck to throw to so ty hilton uh, i've got him on a couple of teams this season and i, I think he's, he's he's easily going to break his thousand yards uh, just off the volume that he's going to get uh ryan grant is the uh, should be the wide receiver two there i've got him in a few teams myself um he was the wide receiver signed by the ravens but uh failed the physical because uh yeah that was dirty Oh, it's the NFL, mate. It's a business. Um, I think he's going to have a good year. He's sort of, yeah, with Luck playing, if he's going to be 100%, I like him as a late-round fly. He's going undrafted at the moment, so you can probably pick him off the waiver wire if you don't want to waste a pick on him. Um, what do you think of Ryan Grant or any of the yeah. wide receivers? I mean, yeah, who, who else is he going to throw to? I, I drafted Ryan Grant in the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, I just, yeah, he was a really late-round pick. They have to throw to someone. He's been a very serviceable wide receiver in his career. He was he was fine for the Redskins. He was reliable, solid hands. He's not going to set the world alight, but I, but I really do think just off off volume, there's an ch- outside chance he finishes as a low end wide receiver three, four on the season. But but have those 
useful weeks during during bye weeks or uh, if some of your other starters get get injured. So yeah, Ryan Grant could be a nice uh, deep stash to have on your on your roster instead of a, a running back handcuff, for example. Uh, their tight end situation. They just signed Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle had a bro- sort of breakout year last year. I think he can have a better year this year with luck back in the helm. Um, you sort of see with the Eagles last year, they used a lot of 2 tight end sets with Selleck, Ertz and Burton. Um, I think, obviously, Ebron's going to be the sort of uh, man out here, but I think he will eat in a few of his red zone targets, which I'm uh, not too pleased about. But at what, so tight end 12 where he's going, Jack Doyle, he's good there, but I'm not willing to risk it at the moment. What do you think? So you, you're concerned about the presence of Eric Eric Ebron? Absolutely. Yeah, see, Ebron doesn't worry me. I know they brought him in and he's, he's seen a little bit of action in the third week of the preseason game. But before that, the first two games this preseason, Doyle had 40, 43 snaps with Andrew Luck on the field. Eric Ebron had, had 12 of those 43. So really low percentage there. I do agree with your assessment that they, there's a chance that they use or run quite a few two tight end sets for, for several reasons. One, maybe you know, maybe to get an extra blocker in there because uh, Andrew Luck needs protection, but also the fact that they've got no other pass catches. So it wouldn't be surprised me to see them use, use there at all. Um, yeah, like you said, last last season, he was, uh, I think he finishes the tight end six overall, Jack Doyle. I expect him to finish easily inside the probably top eight, maybe top 10, just just off the volume um, that he, he's, he should see. Last season, he finishes the, the tight end six, despite the Colts only having 487 pass attempts. But the past three seasons before that, they've averaged about 600 because Andrew looks, you know, they like to throw the ball. Why wouldn't you when you have Andrew look? Good teams with good quarterbacks throw the football. Brissett is a bad quarterback. They try to hide him. They run it a little bit more. So, yes, Eric Ebron's come in. They they lost targets from from Moncrief and um, and uh, who else left the Colts? Somebody else left Dorset, the Colts. Dorsett, but it was last year. I'm sorry? Dorsett, but that was last year. With, uh... Yeah, Um Somebody else left. It's it's skipping my mind at the moment. My my point is, there's going to be plenty of targets to go around, and even even if uh, Ebron does score score some touchdowns and take some of the red zone work, I'm confident off targets, particularly in PPR scoring. Doyle is still going to finish as a, I would say, a top top eight uh, tight end this season. I think the name you're looking for is Reggie Wayne. He's pretty sure he left last year. No, I think he was the, he was the year before. There's someone uh, Kamar Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken. That's who I'm thinking Not of. Marvin Harrison. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, moving on to the next team, Tennessee Titans, who I'm a bit high on this year. Sort of, if uh, the 49ers are my love and the Bears are my crush, this is my mistress. I, uh, you're, you're just hoeing yourself all over the place with these NFL franchises. Absolutely, mate. You put a lot of, you diversify, so you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, they've got Matt LaFleur uh, in from St. Louis, who's uh, a disciple from uh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I see that he is going to do a lot of similar things in his offense. He's going to be the first time he's going to play call two this year, which is why he moved to Tennessee. Um, Mike Vrabel's not going to do much. He's just going to be sort of a mentor, sort of like, not mentor, but, you know, just run run things smoothly and he's going to give the controls to LaFleur. Um, Mike Malarkey really hampered their team with their exotic smash mouth. Oh, that was such a terror. The second he said that, it was just like, what What are you saying? Exotic smash mouth. It was the, the equivalent of the, the Eagles dream team with with Vic and Vince Young. Like, as soon as you say something stupid like that, everyone's going to be looking for you to fail. Exactly. Um, but similar to Jared Goff last year, I think um, Marcus Marotti can have a turnaround season. He has 
many know, he had more interceptions than touchdowns last year. Uh, but I think uh, LaFleur is going to bring a different sort of offensive system that's going to be much better for him. It's going to suit him. Um, he's a decent talent, Marcus Mariota, with an actual decent coach, some interesting weapons to go along with a good offensive line. He's not Very a, good offensive line. Very good offensive line. Um, play action is one of Marcus Mariota's best um, sort of talent. The Rams uh, part ran 29% of their pass plays was play action, and before that, the Falcons ran 28%. So I assume the Titans are going to run a lot more this year. And Mariota was a number one quarterback in yards per attempt last year in play ah, action passes. That's, that's interesting. I do like Mariota for this season, and that, that uh, makes me feel even better about it as well. Uh, and, you know, he's not injured. He had his hamstring last, last uh, year, and didn't he, he broke his leg the year before. So he's had a bit of a, a, a bad run, poor, poor Marcus Mariota. So I really, I really hope to to see him have a uh, a season that puts him into the you know in that top ten quarterback discussion in the NFL as one of the the really bright future quarterbacks of the league. I don't think he was worth drafting in a one QB league, but he's definitely look uh, worth a uh, look at in two QB leagues and bye weeks too for streaming options. Yeah, just the way he's going, he's going to be a great streaming option. They're going to have some weeks that. Uh, yeah, he's going to be have some perfect matchups, and and he like sort of Tyrod Taylor mold. He's always got that solid floor because he does have that that rushing ability as well. Yeah, moving on to the running backs, you got Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis here. Um, everyone thought Henry was going to have a sort of breakout year. Everyone was lo- uh, loving it when, uh, oh, who was it? I can't blank on his name. Just retired Eagles running back, De- Demarco Murray. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, everyone was loving it when DeMarco Murray um, got cut last year, but everyone sort of uh, cracked the shits when Dion Lewis got signed there and hampered his potential. But I think Mike Willarkey is going to be, him going is going to be the uh, one that hurts Derek Henry's value because they loved to run the ball last year. They were number one running the ball in second down last year. So it tells you they wanted to run and they didn't want to pass. And now with Malaki going the floor in, I think you see a lot more throws and uh, pass catching situations, and I think Dion Lewis is going to be that back. I'm yeah, I'm not as high on Dion Lewis. I'm more firmly in the Derrick Henry camp. I've liked him since he's come out as a rookie, but for you know for Dion Lewis, he's only ever played a full sixteen game season once in his career, and that was last season. He was, you know, he had a great season fantasy wise last season, but it was an offense that makes replaceable talent running backs really viable for fantasy. That's what the Patriots do. They take okay running backs and they, they score points because, you know, because of the, the offense. They have Tom Brady and, and Belichick. And then, the, the you know, the Patriots are happy to let him walk. And more often than not, when the Patriots let a running back go, they really don't replicate their success elsewhere. The only exceptions I am can think of are historically, you know, sort of Danny Woodhead, who, who left and was a solid PPR running back, and Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis going all the way back to to 2012 he had an okay season once he left i'm just yeah i'm just not digging digging Dion lewis i can i can feel you on that because yeah as you said patriots running back so they let go um they don't sort of uh produce the same value that they did uh with the patriots but yeah i don't not really high on henry can't pass protect either which doesn't help his value um so if you had to take, I mean, they're going quite similar in value. I know 16 picks apart, but from running back 20 to running back 26, who do you prefer? You you only get one in a vacuum, Henry or Lewis? Lewis. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going Henry. Uh, 
I, I think I uh, smell a little beer bit here. Absolutely, if you want to, mate. Yeah, well, it's just n- nice and easy. I, I think uh, that Derek Henry finishes with more fancy points this season in, in PPR scoring than uh, Dion Lewis. Lock it in, mate. Done. Sold. Done. Um, moving on to the wide receivers. They've got Corey Davis, who had a sort of injury-plagued rookie season last year. Um, very inefficient. Um, he did have a good show in the playoffs, though. Um, it does take longer for running backs to develop than uh, wide receivers, and he wasn't healthy to learn the playbook last year, um, being hurt and working for QB, which did hamper his development. Um, I see him having a sort of breakout year this year. He's going very late. Not very late, but he's going in the mid-rounds. Um, wide receiver 26-60. Um, that's perfect value for him there. I'm happy to take him, but I do prefer Rashad Matthews going even later. He's got better value, I reckon. Uh, yeah, if we're talking just a, a straight value, then Rashad Matthews going wide receiver 67 is just is just unbelievable value. And Yeah, if you're, you want a piece of the offense, but you don't want to pay that, that price for Corey Davis, you're still not sold on his talent, which I, I am, by the way. I think he's a a very gifted wide receiver. Rashad Matthews is definitely the, the value play, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to draft Corey Davis there because I think he's going to establish himself as the alpha wide receiver in that offense. He really showed his talent towards the end of the season. He, he lit up the Patriots defense in the, in the playoffs. He was, he was phenomenal. He had a couple of great touchdown receptions. And I think it was just a, a product of him missing the preseason, being slow in his development. And it just took him, you know, the entirety of the season to really get up to speed uh, I, they drafted him in the in the first round of the NFL draft for a reason, and I, I really expect big things from Corey Davis this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, going from Rashad Matthews, he did. He's just coming off the PUP uh, PUP list um, with his torn meniscus. Uh, I do think he's going to be sort of what he was last year. He was wide receiver fourteen last year. Probably not that value, but sort of going low and wide receiver two flex option. I think he's going to be very good for that sort of late round pick. I think everyone was concerned about his knee. But now he's off of the uh, PEP list. I think he's going to have a good year. Yep, I, I agree with you that. And I, I mentioned his name a few times, but I'll, I'll give a shout out again. One of my favorite analysts is JJ Zacharyson. Uh, Richard Matthews is one of his his uh, late round fly guys that he you know could could end up being a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, who can sort of double double their ADP. Um, Taylor Taylor's going to sort of his production's going to hurt now because he was sort of running with the first team. Even though Matthews plays in the slot, I think Taylor's value is going to go down even, and he's going before Matthews too, which is a big stay away. Yeah, his value's jumped up because he had that real nice preseason preseason game. I'm pretty sure LeBron James tweeted out about him. So anytime that happens, people are going to start to know your name. I don't think many people knew Taylor Taylor before before that happened. So he's had some had some hype, but absolutely, uh, I agree with you there that Matthews is the play and. Uh, another downer for, for Taewon Taylor is the fact that Delaney Walker is still there and has just signed a new contract. Yes. Uh, yeah. Delaney Walker, very, very consistent uh, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Um, sort of broke out when he got signed there. Um, has been dealing with a toe injury this preseason, but it seems like he's right to go. He does play with injuries throughout the season anyway. It doesn't seem to hamper him. Um, he's a quality tight end. He but 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 There's a but. Matt LaFleur's offense doesn't utilize a tight end as well. Um, 16% of his targets went to tight ends over the past three seasons. That is not good. Wow, that's that's pretty low. Yes, but I guess, though, he hasn't had a tight end as good as Delaney Walker, though. That's only caveat to there. I sort of see a middle ground here where they're going to use sort of Walker more in his system, but it's still not going to be up to the level that he was. 
Yeah, I mean, Delaney Walker is a very talented tight end, incredibly underrated, but he is one of the, the better ones in the game. Uh, it's an interesting uh, statistic that, that LaFleur hasn't massively utilized the tight end. You do have to wonder whether it's personnel or whether it's it's scheme. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, but but Walker's price, uh, you know, where's he going? He's going to tight end nine. It's it seems seems about reasonable to me that he is that he's the tight end nine, nine right now. Yeah, he's perfectly ranked there. I just if there's I'm going to take a tight end there. You got Delaney. Uh, sorry, Delaney Walker. Kyle Rudolph going at 78. Evan Ingram 73. Trey Burton skyrocketed. It's going sixty-five now. Yeah, he was a sleeper. Now everyone is all over Trey Burton, so I'm I'm out on him at his. Yeah, at that's that what price, that is but, way too high for Trey, me. But, yeah, yeah, rather wait for Delaney. Exactly, and you've also got Injoku, who's got sort of skyrocketed up the boards too because of hard knocks. Yeah, um, I'll take Jack Dole over him as well. Um, and that is it for the AFC South preview. Unless you got anyone else? No, that's it. I think we 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 covered all the. Uh, the the big hitters uh, for those for those teams and yeah that's a a nice nice wrap on the uh, the AFC South splendid now we know drafts are coming up it's sort of the week preseason week three when that's ended that's when all the drafts happen me Lewis decided that we sort of do a list of uh, sort of commandments that you should be doing on draft day yeah I I really like putting this together uh, I think we both had some ideas it was good to to uh, compile them into into one list. I, and uh, we 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 thought alike on some, and uh, we uh, you know you had some ideas that I, I hadn't particularly thought of, I hadn't utilized. But uh, I I really like this list, and I think if you follow this list, you might not necessarily win your league, but I think you'll uh, you'll get a good head start on the rest of your your competition. That's for sure. So you want to kick us off with with number one? Might as well. Um, do not take a quarterback in before the eighth round. Their value isn't that. Um, well, you've got a lot better quarterbacks this season compared to other seasons. The guys that are going around sort of um, QB sort of uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 are going to p- produce the same value as QB 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. There's no difference. You're going to waste a pick and you uh, could be wasting it on – it's not wasting on – could be picking someone like a Doug Baldwin or some of that value instead of taking Aaron Rodgers going to have the same value as QB 14. That's exactly right. But by the time you, you, you stream and you play the matchups with, with later round quarterbacks, you, you get a high-end quarterback uh, production anyway. So definitely don't be taking a quarterback before the eighth round in, in single quarterback leagues, of course. The, uh, the second commandment for draft day is do not draft your starting roster before, before the, the bench. So some people go, oh, well, are you quarterback, two running backs, wide receiver, tight end, defense, kicker. Don't do that. Draft positions. Worry about sorting out your starting lineup later on. There's, it's just because you need a starting lineup doesn't mean that you need to fill it out. Wait on tight end. If you're not taking one of the top the top guys, um, wait wait on the tight end position and and keep hammering wide receiver and and running back value before you you, you finish up your your starting roster there. Number three, do not draft a kicker before the last round. I'm pretty sure we've said it in the podcast. There's no explanation needed. It's just a waste of pick. Yeah. That's it. Uh, the next one sort of follows on from that, and do not draft a defense before the last three rounds. Now, I gave a little bit of leeway there. I usually say the last two picks, but if a really elite defense is sat there in the, maybe in the, the, the third last round and it's been a particularly deep draft or you're really happy with your team, it's okay to go and get a defense there, but taking defenses in rounds 10, 11, it's just, it's just ludicrous. Don't be doing that. Because they're too inconsistent every year. Um my number five, do not draft more than two QBs and tight ends. You're wasting picks there. You should be uh, getting uh, 
running backs and wide receivers, they've got more bench space. They're the players you need. If there is a bye week, you can just pick one up for the waiver wire. There's no problem with that. Yeah, you just don't need to carry those onesie positions. It's just simple as that. Uh, the, the number six, do not reach on player more than around an ADP. Now, I understand if you really have a guy that you like and you feel he might not come back round to you, sure, go and draft that guy. If your your predictions, your projections are really, you know, they're solid. That's the guy you like. You, you, have, you have a really strong feeling about him. That The data says it's a good pick. Go and do that. But don't, don't be reaching two, three rounds just because you like a guy. Work out a trade after. If you don't get him, uh, you don't get the guy in this draft. Maybe go, go and <laughs> you get him in one of your other leagues. But it's just such a, a poor play. You're cheating yourself and you're really hampering, hampering your, your ability to, to win leagues by reaching too high on, on guys. Number seven, get a start uh, running back early. Running back is uh, so... It, there's no more committees in uh, running backs. They're so sort of starting running backs, and that's pretty much it. They're going to be the ones that are going to have the most points. Wide receiver is probably one of the most deep I've seen in years. Uh, there's too many wide receivers. I don't think you need to be wasting a high pick unless someone falls to you uh, so late. I think your wide, uh, running back, you need to draft early. There's only so many spots uh, running backs can get, so many touches now because everyone's passing as well. The team's only using one running back. Get them early and get them quick. That's it. Go and get your stud running back. Uh, one of, importantly, I'd like to add there, don't draft handcuffs for your running backs. It's such a, a suboptimal thing to do because there's a, there's a thousand reasons why that's the case and there's, there's data and evidence to support it. But A, you're only taking a chance that the starting running back might get hurt. There's a very good chance that it won't happen. B, you then assume that you know who the handcuff is. And three, the handcuff might not be any good. There's a reason why they're not a starting running back on a roster. There's a reason why they're 2-3 on the depth chart. So it really takes a perfect storm for, for you to be able to identify a handcuff when you could be filling your bench with depth to be able to, to play in the bye weeks instead of burning a roster spot on a handcuff that you might not need to use till, till round eight. Um, number eight is do not stack offenses. And what, what stacking means is that, you know, drafting the... The, the, your quarterback, for example, you draft Ben Roethlisberger, you draft Antonio Brown, and you draft Juju Smith-Schuster, for example, because you think the Steelers are going to be great. I'm all in on them this season. I'm going to get a lot of points from them. It's just not uh, a solid strategy, except in, in, in daily fantasy. Uh, this, Yeah, don't don't stack offenses. Number nine, do not worry about bye weeks. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it's in terms of having your starting lineup with a bunch of guys that, that say come off at the same time, just really relevant because if you're badly shorthanded one week, that means your team's stacked for the rest of the other weeks. So you don't need to worry about that. If you're going to concede a week, oh well, who cares? But if you've drafted really well, you've got the waiver wire, um, it's not going to matter really. Yep, completely agree with that. Some people really panic and they want to, oh no, uh, two wide receivers and my quarterback have got a bye week at the same time. Don't worry about it. Work work the waiver wire. Don't go and make hasty trades because you're worried about the bye weeks or, or pass on a better player because he shares a bye week as someone else that you've already drafted. Mm-hmm. And then finally... This is, this is the big one because so many people cock this up. Know the rules and the scoring of the league before you go into the draft. Know how many points per reception players get. Know the starting roster requirements. Know if you only need to actually start one running back because that changes the value. Know if you can start two quarterbacks. There's so many things that you need to know. How deep is your bench? That's an important factor. So you really need to know all of these things inside and out before your draft starts. Absolutely. And that's our 10 draft commandments. And finally, as always, we'd like to finish off with some mailbag questions. Uh, Lewis, get it started, Matt. Get it started. So first question this week comes from Bryce, and he wants to know, 
Why is there so much hate on Shady McCoy? He's basically the only offense the Bills will have this year. True, that is the case. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, their offensive line is also trash. And we still don't know whether there's going to be a suspension. It's all been quiet on that front. You know, some people are saying that, well, if it was going to happen, Goodell might have put him on the exempt list already. But trying to predict predict Goodell and what he's going to do is a, a foolish foolish exercise, in my opinion. He's, he's pretty much baked into his ADP now. I think if he falls into the, into the fourth round, sure, go and get shady. But there's just so much risk associated with that. Not only is he could be suspended, but he's going to be on an absolutely terrible offense with, uh, you know, so... He's he's not going to be very efficient either. Uh, mainly avoiding Shady McCoy. Yeah, you've hit it all the nails on the head there. The suspension and the offensive line are just and no quarterback too, which isn't going to help. Yeah, exactly. Uh, go on the next question, Lewis. You got Lloyd, I think. Yeah, Lloyd uh, said excluding the Cowboys and the Patriots. Now that Marquise Lee has has done his knee, are the Jacksonville wide receivers the dumpster fire of the league? Can uh, a bit, bit harsh on the, the Cowboys and Patriots, but they are looking a little, little bit thin at the moment. But no, we, I mean, we, we, we talked about the Jaguars in depth and I really like Keelan Cole and, you know, we glossed over some of the, the other guys, but I wanted to save them for, for here. D.D. Westbrook was uh, the Boletnikoff Award winner in, in college and they just spent a second round pick on D.J. Chark, who at least, you know, had the fastest 40 in, in the combine. And whilst he wasn't a huge producer in college, he, he played in that really ancient LSU offense that doesn't really open it up for the for the quarterback so uh, i don't think it's an absolute dumpster fire it isn't the best but they can also get away with it they can hide it because they run the football so much a dumpster fight at the moment the eagles sort of wide receivers right now with uh jeffrey and aguilar out doesn't look too too good yeah it's uh it's not the best actually mike mike wallace is a, a sneaky uh daily fantasy play for me this season but um i think he's just too we, old yeah we'll, we'll we'll see about that um, next question, uh, Owen uh, wants to know, Alan Hearns or Kelvin Benjamin, who uh, and why? He says they're both res- wide receiver ones for their respective teams, but he correctly notes the Bills are going to struggle, but Benjamin's going to get a, a ton of target share. Same with Alan Hearns. Um, to be honest, I would go Kelvin Benjamin. I know I've just been crapping on, on the Bills, but he mm. really is the clear number one there. Uh, Alan Hearns, there's... there's, there's other other pass catches there they have and they have the the, the rookie Gallup who who looks like he's going to do some things. Who would you in a vacuum? Hearns um, or Benjamin? I'm just going Alan Hearns. He's got the better quarterback that can actually throw to him. Um, if their offensive line uh, is all healthy, it's going to be a lot of time. Dak's going to have a lot of time to throw. Uh, I don't like Kelvin Benjamin just because the whole offense is pathetic and he is a little bitch when he uh, went up to Cam Newman. So that's another reason I don't like him. Don't don't be a don't be uh, getting angry at my boy, Kelvin. Always going to love Kelvin Benjamin. But yeah, I take him. I think he's got better t- t- uh, touchdown upside than, than Alan Hearns. But really, either, either of them, are, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other with those, uh, those two wide receivers. A uh, couple more questions to go. Chris, now with Hayden Hurst down and out for the first few weeks of the season, talk out of the Ravens. Is that Max Williams is the guy? Is he a late sleeper? Put simply, no, he's not. They went out and drafted two tight ends for a reason. I think Andrews might be a, a, a streaming option. He was a very good pass catcher. But yeah, really not interested in Max Williams for fantasy purposes. Yeah, me either. Uh, Unless he shows um, some sort of potential in the first few weeks, I'm not going to consider him at all. Yeah. And then the final question, a bit of a... Oh, an, an interesting one, at least from Mick. He says, who do you think the first quarterback to get banged up or sent to IR is? <laughs> Which is... I like I this mean, one. This is very good. 
Uh, yeah. Well, who do you think? Um, I'm not too sure on this one. Uh, I'm going to go, it's going to be Nick Foles, just because. Just because everything's going to go around for the Eagles this year. Or I'm going to go with Nathan Peterman. Yeah, so you think you think Peterman wins the starting job and then gets gets murdered because they got no O line? Pretty much. But I'm going to go for sort of a higher quarterback because that's what this question wants, I reckon. I am going to go with Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an, a good shout actually. They don't have much of an O line. He's going to be he's going to be scrambling a lot. He's going to be on the I think he's going to be on the field a lot because their their, their defense kind of sucks now. And they're missing some pieces, so yeah, Russell Wilson is a is an interesting one for me. The obvious one is going to be uh, is, is Sam Bradford. Oh yes, his, uh, no, that's a good one. His, his lack lack of knees. Um, yeah, the, the, those I, I I like the the Russell Wilson call uh, and yeah, Sam Bradford for me. Awesome. Well, uh, that will do us for the this week's edition of the Vault. Uh, fantasy football podcast um as always you can check us on facebook twitter and instagram at the vault studio also going on our website thevaultstudio.com.au and you can also follow lewis's page ff down under on facebook and twitter lewis you have a great week mate um great weekend and i'll uh, speak to you next week absolutely uh always a pleasure and enjoy the wedding tomorrow thanks mate see you later see ya Did y'all boys not get the memo?